All right. Before we kick into this, let's fucking get some trash going on here. Let's run through the sponsors. Thank you guys so much for joining and being so patient. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I got to fucking expunge some shit from my computer, I guess. I've been watching too many fucking spicy animes. Ooh. So, sponsored by Cursed Earth Apparel and Print, of course. All the trash talk spicy apparel is by Cursed Earth Apparel and Print. If you need merch for your band or your business, hit me up. Nate at CursedEarthApparelandPrint.com. Octave Studios Medicine Hat. Our boy N2 is in the chat right now. If you need a sound guy, you need something going on, you need some gear for a show, that's your guy to talk to. Intrinsic Productions in Edmonton. Intersect Arts and Music Festival, Armstrong Music Festival, Loud as Hell Festival, Decimate Festival, Apply with an Audio Lethbridge. Thank you so much, Gigi, for giving me this beautiful microphone. Camp Misfit Clothing in Edmonton and Mountain Bistro in Pizzeria Bragg Creek. If you or your small business is interested in becoming a show sponsor or a show partner, hit me up for rates. We're also going to be launching the full fucking standing uh, media um, whatever's for uh, Trash on the Streets. So get excited for that. It's going to be a fucking good one. Um, I'm going to stop talking about this shit now. And we are going to bang on into the show. Thank you guys so much for being so patient. Let's do it. Yes, welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk ASMR. You gotta work on your podcast voice, bro. That's the sound of my gums. You talk all in fry voice, and then you can sound like a podcaster or a sick whisper screamer. So I quit smoking cigarettes, and I've never inhaled vocals in my in my entire life. Okay. I have always yelled outward, and now, now, okay, so you can probably attest to this. Now that I'm fucking old, I can't breathe on stage anymore. I used to be able to fucking cruise through 45-minute sets like nothing. But you know what, what the thing was? Was I also made everything up as I went. <laughs> So I got to stop when I needed to. <laughs> hey, man, what are the lyrics? I don't fucking know, dude. Just check what's on the internet. There's none on the internet. Well, fuck. I guess you'll hear it. You'll see it on the recording we released in Never. <laughs> Did you guys ever have recording? So I swear there was like a full length that was in production for like 10 years and it never came out. So we released a demo in 2010. And it was seven songs. And we played those seven songs to death, Chris. Right to death. Been there, bro. And um, we we dem- did that demo. And then we cruised. We did shows for years. And then 2017, we released a five-song EP. And then we called it fucking quits, buddy. And I'm pretty sure that EP is still up on Bandcamp. Dying in slow motion. 
Bandcamp or your EP, man? The EP is... <laughs> Which one is dying in slow motion? Me. Let's be real here. It's me. <laughs> What's happening, man? Introduce yourself. I'm on the fucking description, dog. Introduce yourself through your words right now, Chris. Hi, my name is Chris, and I make toilet bowl noises in a band called Tidebringer, and it's super cool. I hope you listen to it. <laughs> Was that good? Was that a good adaptation of who I am as a human? Bro, you are a haircut. You That's are true, that. Man. Just like I am a set of teeth that aren't even there. It's like a pot calling the kettle black, though, man. You Look got it. Shit. You, you got- just got it do-ragged up, man. You got it, bro. I, well, I got tattoos on the side of my head now. I got, it, I, got this, I got this fucking symbol tattooed on the side of my head now. Yeah, I can't pull off that fat boy slim shit. Well, you know me, man. Like, that's... <laughs> What can I say? New York fucking EDM is my jam, bro. You know what I mean? You were there. It's inception. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris was asking me before we started the cast here, he was asking me about how I lost my teeth. And it's really, it's not an exciting, uh, it's not an exciting story. It's actually fucking ridiculous, but it's right on par with, with me. So it was an accident. Me and my fucking cousin had polished off a Mickey of vodka in like probably fucking three drinks each. And it was one of those like, it was one of those big ones. One of those big Mickeys, not a boot Mickey. It was one of the big boys. And I was fucking 14 years old. I didn't drink that often. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm fucking gunned. We're running around the house. I go down the stairs and I go around the corner because I'm going to jump out and I'm going to fucking slam him into the wall and we're going to fucking keep going on with our fucking shit that we're doing. I come down the stairs, he comes down the stairs, I turn my head and he's already got his fucking fist ready to go and I turned right into his fucking fist and both of them popped into my mouth like they fucking, like they weren't even installed into the drive to begin with. God damn. Oh yeah, buddy. I thought I was, I was like, what am I chewing on right now? And I went to the bathroom and I, yeah, I spit my fucking teeth out and he busted his knuckle. And like, so I didn't, I wasn't even the one that ended up going to the hospital. My teeth were out. They were out. Once I stopped bleeding, that was the end of it. Like they're like, yeah, okay. Well his teeth are fucking broken out. He doesn't need stitches. He's not bleeding anymore. Take him to the dentist next week and whatever. His arm started to get infected and <laughs> within within three hours from his fucking from the tips of his fingers to his elbow was swollen and purple. So he had to go to the hospital for a tetanus shot because old Nady you boy. You gave this motherfucker <laughs> sepsis, dude. I, so it turns out that I have caustic saliva like a Komodo dragon. <laughs> That's your X-Men origin story, man. Uh, it was, hey, what can I say? I spit fucking literal acid on the microphone and onto people's skin. Shit. Hey, shit. Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, it's uh, way more interesting. The first time I asked you, you told me it was uh, scurvy, which I guess wasn't far from the truth. And Well, honestly, that's like... The reason he got an infection, the reason my teeth were so easy to break out, all it was because I didn't brush my fucking teeth. I drank lots of pop. I didn't brush my teeth. So, like, I do now. I brush my tooth now because I only have one left. So, <laughs> Shit. I get in there really good. You know, no worries. But, yeah, that's why it was so easy because I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't fucking floss. None of that shit. Like, my mouth was, it's still pretty gross, let's be honest here. 
You're doing all right, man. You do. I got I got a question for you before before this all happens. What do you got, buddy? Uncle Chris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can you describe him to me? <laughs> okay, so Uncle Chris is actually Uncle Chris. So a lot's gone on. This is why I wanted to do the little pre-call. But that's okay. I'm not on a time limit for this. So like you this is gonna be this is gonna be a good cast, you guys. This is gonna be a good one. So my uncle Chris, my uncle Chris, yes, that's right, Pisser Pisser Niergard, as we like to call him. He is a career criminal, and not a good one. He's not a good criminal. So my grandma passed away two years ago now, and the house that she the house that she had that was a trap house that was my uncle's fucking base that was his home base in didsbury and she passed away and now me and my brother and my sister have had to clean it out so uncle chris like i said is not a very good career criminal um after grandma passed away probably a week later he got raided by the cops in the house uh they found a whole bunch of guns they found a whole bunch of drugs there's news reports on it like i can I can, uh, I'll post some links on it in the Discord. If anybody's in the Discord, I'll post some links in the Discord about my Uncle Chris's escapades. But he's six feet tall, covered in tattoos, jailed house tattoos. uh, And he is very flagrantly homosexual. But you won't know that until you talk to him because he looks like a six foot tall, 250 pound, muscle bound jailhouse enforcer. And that's what that's what he was. That's what he's doing that right now because he got picked up again, and he was on the run for weapons manufacturing, and he got picked up three weeks ago, and he's in jail now. But but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. So I'm on Facebook. I see a post, and it's from Uncle Chris's account, and it says, uh, "Oh, Chris was doing so good, and he just got picked up. Oh man." Why do they do this? And I was like, wasn't he supposed to go back to fucking jail in April? So he was going to run away to BC. And the people he was going to run away to were like, no, 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 no. We don't want you here. Like, like they found out that he, he, they were, he was lying to them. And like, they, they just cut off all communications. And then like, sure enough, it all fell apart on him like it usually does. And he was living in a trailer outside Red Deer and got picked up by the cops. <laughs> now he's in jail. <laughs> Can we talk about his one tattoo? Which one? The pisser. Oh, right across his back? Jesus Christ. The one right like, across a little, his shoulders? A little preface, the first time I met you, we <laughs> threw a show in Didsbury at the inn. The Didsbury Inn, buddy. I was the there. I was there you, a couple yeah, of years you were ago. Definitely there. Uh, <laughs> and like this guy is fucking rolling around, two hundred and fifty pounds, six foot, covered in tattoos, motherfucker. And he rips his shirt off, and on the back, he has the pisser in block letter, with like the shittiest picture of somebody pissing. Was it on someone? No, else no, no. Or was it just a dude pissing? No, no, no. So. Across his back, it says pisser. But on his leg, (coughs) he's got (coughs) a picture of this fucking, (coughs) this like fighting fucking weird guy that's pissing (coughs) on his leg. And (coughs) that was his nickname forever. 
they called him Pisser forever. And, like, I could never get a straight story. But my Uncle Kevin, who's also dead now, um, he said it was because he fucking just pissed on everything when he was a kid. And, like, street life, street life, you attach to those nicknames and you fucking, you roll with them, right? And he's like, yeah, everybody calls me Pisser. And I was like, all right, cool. And sure enough, growing up, no matter who the fuck it was, if they knew him, they knew him as Pisser or they knew him as Christopher. And there was two sides to that. So it was the people that he was conning when he was a drug addict that knew him as Pisser. And it was the people he was conning as I'm just getting out of jail, I'm just getting out of rehab, I need help, I'm a victim of my circumstance that knew him as Christopher. So he played both sides of that fucking coin very well, which is why I sit here and I laugh. I fucking laugh my ass off because I've pulled away from that lifestyle so fucking hard that it would take a lot of seriously concentrated effort to try and get back into it and to try and fuck myself up back to that point again. Like I've set my boundaries. I've set my safeguards. I got my fucking, my community, my environment, you know, but to see uncle Chris, I laugh at him because he tries to last time I saw him, we were spreading my grandma's and my uncle's ashes. And, uh, he's like, Oh, my lawyer fucked me over on the, and now I got to go to jail for this sentence. And I was like, what do you mean your lawyer fucked you over? You should be in jail for the rest of your fucking life, man. Like, look at what you've done. And he's he didn't know how to react to it because I was laughing at him and I'm, I'm dead serious. I was like, bro, you're a fucking career criminal. You deserve to be fucking, you know, treated the same as other criminals in your fucking situation that have been put away for longer sentences for less fucking shit. Like you shit fucking horseshoes, man. I don't feel bad for you. Like you're fucking rolling up 50 years old, real fucking tight and you're not making it fucking look good. So why do I care about how you feel about the stupid shit you've done in your fucking life, man? Like, come on. See you when you get out next time, or maybe I fucking won't. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe he'll roll up to the Didsbury Inn with his wife ah. to straight dudes into a threesome where he gets to fuck them, which was propositioned to us many times. Well, look at you. You're fucking beautiful. Thanks, man. I'm like a fucking, you know, twink wet dream, man. Let's go. <laughs> and back A... <laughs> Back in 2010, 2011, you were wearing girls' pants. They didn't make dude skinnies back in 2011, bro. Honestly, I the good ran ones. So you could walk, boy. Buddy, <laughs> buddy, I still got, I still got my checkered fucking. I got my old trash pants and I got new ones too. And guess what? They're girls' pants because you're right. You know, like what what's interesting too is that Nate Reno told me it loud as hell, drunk off his fucking ass, that I was one chromosome away from him eating my ass. Yeah, that's Imagine not a surprise. walking into a dark field to meet Nate Reno <laughs> saying that right? he would eat my ass. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Nate gets, watch is real, man. Nate gets, 13, Nate gets 13 or 14 or 25 beers into him, and he's liable to fucking eat some fucking butthole, all right? He'll and eat some bus, dude, for sure. Like, that's, and you know, come on. So we actually got to know, Lee, Lee wants to know, and this is like, I think I think this is Lee's little way of getting to know you without like having to fucking do the small talk thing at shows, right? Where did I get the idea for the the, the nickname. nickname Hero Yugi? 
<laughs> it was like back in the day, like before Facebook was like, like people were still transitioning off Nexopia. And we were, we were MySpace bands when we met. Yeah, that's true. And, um, there was like, I fucking stand Gundam wing. I was like, yo, hero Yui tight ass name. Lock that shit into Facebook. Fast forward like a year or two later and somebody fucking reported my name. And I was like, shit. And they're like, you have one chance to put your real name in. And next time this happens, we're banning your account. You have to give photo ID, all that shit. And uh, Submerge from Edmonton used to call me Yugi because I've had this haircut for like 20 years. <laughs> so heart of the cards, I was like, hero Yugi, man. It's fucking perfect. And Facebook's never banned me again. So if you report my fucking name, I'll fight you. Like, Bro. I know who you are. <laughs> it won't. Honestly, if nobody's reported Nate Trash. Nobody's gonna fucking report your name. And honestly, keep up, keep it up with the fucking the way that you're doing the the press shit for Tidebringer, and you might be able to just get yourself fucking verified before. Yeah, take <laughs> hey, me a photo ID. Nah, <laughs> I'm not even like I don't even stand that name that hard. I just physically can't change it. Well, so I'm and- like, do I reroll Facebook like as an old man and like do that thing? You know what I mean? Where there's like the banned Facebook account, then there's like if you weren't this gonna do it, boomer Facebook account. If you weren't gonna do it when. You, uh, Nathaniel says he's going to report both of us and two goes rogue. <laughs> Fuck you, Nathaniel. Whatever. You little fucking poop snorter. <laughs> hey, thank you for the subscribe. Greatly appreciated. So, uh, also, like, if you haven't, if you didn't do it when you were, like, flipping your life around like I did, because I, I downloaded all the photos of my kid. And I was like, I'm not fucking being reminded of any of the world-class white trash shit. I'm not being reminded of any of this fucking, uh, any of this dumb stuff I did. I'm not being reminded of how I looked when I was in active fucking, active usage, you know, active fucking consumption. Like, I don't need to. Thanks for fucking subbing, Lee. I appreciate that, buddy. Um, so I, I took all the pictures of my kid, and I deleted the fucking thing. And it was the best thing I could have ever done. Because... It also weeded out a lot of people that I really didn't want on my fucking account anymore. But I also didn't care enough to fucking go through, go to their account, and fucking unfriend them. So I'm not going to make the fucking 17 posts saying, oh, mass exodus. Thank you so much, you guys. You guys are killing it. Che is fucking going for fucking gold. Oh, shit. Maggot Death is gifting five tier one subs. I think that's my boy Vlad. I think that's my fucking boy Vlad. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. I hope my homie Vlad's in here. He's having a rough go today. But I totally fucking forgot what I was saying. So let's just fucking jump off of that. But entirely. it is interesting. Like you were talking about how you deleted oh, yeah. old Facebook. Gone. But, Best idea I ever uh, made. Two things that are really funny for that is, you know, that Loschfest was like 10 years ago. Yeah, guess what? Like this week or something, bro. I got the fucking photo reminder of that, and I was like, I got, God, I got tickets. Dude. I got tickets somewhere here on my desk. I got two fucking tickets, original tickets from the last Loschfest, man. Do you remember when our bass player knocked out Cherry? Oh, bro, Boodle, Boodle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him at Cradle of Filth, and guess what he was doing? Sound. Getting mad at some fucking random girl and making her feel like a piece of shit. I don't believe that because he doesn't live here. And uh, the only reason I think it might have been Boodle was because of the long red hair. But there's also another guy in Calgary who looks like that. His name's Killian Murphy, and he is a genuine piece of shit. He fucking was talking about, like, kicking a fucking homeless guy in the head while he was unconscious. And I was like, 
you're a fucking piece of shit, man. So like, yeah, it's pretty and Boodle moved away a long time ago. Boodle moved like so like. Don't ago. nobody quote me on this. I'm not trying to fucking drag anybody. Even if I'm, even if it was this killing, I'm not trying to fucking drag him down either. Like it's not fucking something to fucking start picking at people for. This is just random shit that I see at shows. Like I thought we were on here to just talk mad shit, dude. Well, it's not trash talk because I talk <laughs> shit. It's trash talk because get this, my name is trash, bro. Holy shit. Really? Hey, yeah, man. Dude, yeah. How'd you come up with that, man? That's pretty so crazy. I didn't. Justin Shadows did. <laughs> Justin Shadows did. It's all cyclical, man. But it's now, like Ouroboros. Now, snake the, eating its own dick. But hey, snake's not the only thing eating its own dick. Hey, oh. <laughs> now, funny thing about Justin Shadows, from all the shit that I heard about him just recently, I think he might have been calling me trash because he thought I was a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't think I, it had, mean, I don't think it had anything to do with the band. <laughs> weren't you kind of a piece of shit though? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that so it was unwarranted. I'm not saying you know it I mean? was unwarranted. You know, like, come on, come on. Also, how are you gonna call me out on wearing girl pants when you were wearing fucking leopard print Motley Crew ass pants, bro? I'm not with calling wallet chains, bro. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not calling nobody out, bro. I'm just bringing. I'm just, you know, just chopping up the past, man. You know, just fucking dragging the skeletons out of the closet to dust them off. Okay. But here's here's the point that I was trying to make with you deleting your old Facebook. Yes. Is it is kind of nice to see like the progression. Like if I look at shows from like Loschfest, like I was coming off like copious amounts of cocaine and I was like deathly ill. Like I was skinny. I'd blow away in the fucking wind. And like looking back on that, I'm like, that sucks. You and Dan were really like, into frisbee I'm and shit. Thirty man, my metabolism done slowed down. Like I put on a little bit of weight. I'm like, hey, shit, it's not so bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you and you and Dan were playing lots of frisbee, fucking doing lots of fucking blow. I was like, you guys fucking party it the fuck up. I almost when we were like blowing it up there, but at Loschfest when Boodle knocked Cherry out. Which was an accident, I'll preface. It wasn't intended. No, that yeah, that was fucking that was pretty that was swept away pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh we were all on mushrooms. <laughs> and Budo comes back and he's like, guys, I just knocked out uh Cherry and like twenty people are coming to kick my ass. <laughs> and we looked at him and we were like, dude, I can't help you, man. <laughs> like, so go stand over there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm zoomed out, dude. I'm just like, bro. This can't be happening. Like, it's not. I can't do it. I can't fight somebody on mushrooms, dude. I'm laughing. Bro, I can't like, fight just, like, somebody jiggling. sober. Like, it's not happening. Like, that's why That's why I dress and look like this. Is so that people will think I'm scary because I'm not actually fucking scary. Like, I'm, I'm going to get a pet duck for my old lady and my kid right away here. That's fair. So, like, I'm not fucking scary. <laughs> So yeah, crazy. we, we got to talk about Tidebringer now, buddy. The, now the tides have turned. Now the <laughs> fucking... You were, fucking you were waiting for it. Now dude. the tides <laughs> have turned. <laughs> sucks. Let's I might sample it. that for our opener, just saying. Let's, yeah, take it. Take it. You can... Buddy, I'm glad that we were able to reconnect, man. Lee, I appreciate you re, um, reconnecting both of us because we've known each other for a long time now. Like, we started... We started out together, like, 
way back in the fucking the bar, the small town fucking bar shows. Everybody in. <laughs> everybody thinks that we're fucking idiots. Nobody fucking thinks it's cool. And now, you know, it's now it's the cool shit to fucking do. You know, even it's still really not. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, we're doing this because it's all we know how to do now. But. I've known Chris for a long time, and we honestly both thought that we we both thought we hated each other, and we can't really remember why, but we're pretty sure it boils down to I was a drunk fucking douchebag. And you know what? If that's the case, hey, I acknowledge that. <laughs> I acknowledge that. I was a drunk piece of shit for a long time, and two can testify to that as well. So we got somebody here asking, what's, what's next for Tidebringer after these upcoming shows? But before we get to that question... Let's get to the birth of Tidebringer here because I'm interested to know as well. That's a long fucking story, man. We got fucking uh, time, son. What was it? 20 shit, 2018? Sharks did our last tour? I think so. It was from the death of Sharks because we were at a point where we had label interest. We were working with Someone like we were writing fucking radio songs. Dude, make them tours would make them suffer and shit like that. Yeah, we did. We did like a run with them. It wasn't like a tour, but we did a run, and that yeah. was all off the sweat of my own dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we never had any high level kind of support, so we just grinded. We were touring two, three times a year. We did cross Canada, which is the biggest mistake any band can make. Like, I'm sorry, Eastern Canada can kiss my whole fucking ass, dude. I don't give a fuck. Deathris just did a run. Shit changes every year, right? But I don't know. Man. We played Toronto on a Saturday to like my friend. <laughs> it, was, it was so brutal. But it was like we were getting to a point where it was just like it was happening, right? Like, okay, we finally did it. We're going to get a shot. We sent press kits out. We had uh, we were on the, the desk of Rise Records. And they were like, oh, we thought it was a joke band because the name is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Welcome to Horrify Territory, buddy. Yeah, and, and you know what I mean? And this was like a fucking, dude, we came up with that name when I was like 19, right? Like none of us were married to it, but it had a certain allure. Like, it's Ism Foth. It or you hated it. It's Ism Foth vibes. That's fucking totally MySpace fucking metalcore fucking pointless long fucking names or pun names with puns names jokes water <laughs> yeah man like shark infested daughters was fucking hilarious man but that's another thing too if it's not hilarious in the right fucking way and you don't ride it out properly like look at that look at i wrestled the bear once right yeah so it was like the same shit right so rise basically told us change the name let's talk and we were like so we had that in the back of our mind anyway we were getting to a point where like you know it's not that funny when you're not 19 and we're just yeah. like shit we should have like a more kind of sophisticated time to solidify like a brand yeah yeah if we're gonna take it seriously right but like not to like you know stoke my own flame but our branding beat ass for like, shark infested daughters yeah we had we had shit dialed in ah, like, you guys had perfect. the artwork was fucking popping you guys had new shit you guys had new fucking new styles a new image for every time you released you guys were right on fucking top stage of stage gear bro that shit was yeah, for sure. Fucking but it. Continuing on, like, we obviously had a falling out with Erica, which was, like, a long time coming. And we were just like, fuck this. Like, she, you know, walked out, and none of us stopped her, and we were just like, cool. Fuck it. We had a tour booked, and we were just like, okay, what do we do? And we were shopping our EP. 
before it had come out. So long story short, we talked to like the reason why Erica walked is we had this label shot. We wrote radio songs. The guy was like, nah, this ain't it. Like if you want to do it, you got to go pay this producer a gig of money, do all this stuff. And we're just like, okay, fuck it. And so we were feeling like pretty fucking defeated because that was like it, right? We had the shot, we blew it. Now what? Now we're just doing the same kind of Western Canada tours for the rest of our life. Erica walks, we do one more tour. We put out that CD and we're just like, fuck this, right? Like, I don't want to like do synth metalcore. Fucking rebrand, baby. Time for a refresh. We're like, cool. We're like, the name sucks, right? Like we had interest, but the name was bad. Erica's now out. It's not the same band, right? We don't want to pick up another synth player who's a girl and do like that fucking thing. It's just too much. So we're like, okay, cool. Let's re-roll. Start fresh. So it was at this time that like uh, Kala or Curtis was, uh, his band was dying. So Kitsune, one of the iterations of it was kind of imploding. And I remember Kurt had texted me like two weeks before Erica quit. And he was just like, let me sing in your band. I was like, haha, that's funny. I would love that. But like, we don't have a spot for you. So Erica walks, everything like that. We're like, oh shit. Cause Kurt is fucking goaded. Like that kid is incredible. And so we're like, okay, cool. Let's see what we can do. So I flew out to Kelowna a few times and we wrote some demos with Jordan Chase from Secret and Whisper and recorded them. And we got them back and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like Kurt in, it's perfect. Everything's good. We're like, okay, cool, man. Like let's move forward with this kind of rebrand. Let's get rid of the synths. Let's write kind of different. We don't have to like revolve around that, you know, like pretty singing in the chorus, that kind of thing. We can do whatever we want because there's no kind of like desire for people to hear the same thing. Yeah, so there's no prerequisites. There's yeah. no fucking predetermined fucking image or value anymore. Yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. Let's let's give that a shot. So we're we're talking to Kurt, and Kurt's just like, look, dude, like I can't like let kitsune go yet he's like i have unfinished business with this and he's like i'm moving to la like it's just i don't think this is gonna work and so we were like fuck because that was it right like you you get somebody like kurt as your first fucking singer outside of dealing with erica for 10 years who like towards the end like couldn't sing a fucking note it was brutal like i used to turn around during choruses live and just like well, we're not. I, we're not going. We're we're gonna. We're not gonna shit on anybody. That's fine, dude. I got. I, I know got you guys history. got history. I know you guys got history. It's, so it's cool. Yeah, but uh, we like we moved on. Whatever. So we're like, hey, cool. Kurt can't do it now. What? And the last band we had toured with was Living Machines, and Quinn sang in that band, and we did a tour together. And he was like, oh shit, like, let me let me try it out. And we're like, all right, fuck, cool. Do a couple demos with Quinn. Things are going great. We're like, awesome. Let's uh, let's shoot our first video. Uh, we shot the video. Things are great. And then, you know, Yannick was at a point in his life, and I fucking love that kid to death, where he's just like, look, like, I don't think metalcore is what I want to do. He's like, you know, I like, like, rock climbing and, like, going camping and shit. He's <laughs> like, I don't really want to spend, like, you know, all of my money and time doing Fuck this, this like, studio. Fuck this band i'm going to climb that fucking rock yeah, but it was it was perfect you know what i mean like that was amicable it was just like an honest conversation between friends like no one hates that guy he's the fucking best 
And we're just like, okay, sick. But we had just shot the video. So we're like, fuck. So we bring in Brandon, who was in Uppercut Decapitation. We've known him for years. Yeah, okay. There's new. There's a new band with the other remnants of Uppercut. Yeah. Infrastructure. So we, yeah, we pull Brandon in. And so we're like, perfect. He can play the parts. He's goaded to drumming. We're like, this is awesome. So we reshoot the video. Okay, cool. Video's reshot. We're doing, you know, we're, we're starting to prep to release. And then, you know, Quinn's just like, look, like, I don't think this is what I want to do. Like, we were having some artistic differences in some cases, and he still had his bands and, like, all of his projects, like, writing comic books, doing podcasts, too much shit. So Quinn's just like, dude, I'm out. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> now what? You know what I mean? Like, we have, we recorded three songs with him. I had one song with Kurt. I had one video that I just reshot twice, and I'm like, "Fuck!" What and you just do? a right. fucking ball of fucking tears, just crying. Yeah, so we're like, nonstop. "This is fucking garbage, man." <laughs> so we're like, "Okay, cool." So we look at Dan, and we're like, "Dan, you got a fucking beautiful voice, right?" Like Dan was incredible, and we're just like, "Can you do this, right?" But like everything that those guys were singing was like outside of his range, so it was just never the same. Right. So we're like, whatever, let's roll with it. Right. Let's make it different. Who cares? So we do a video with Dan now as the singer. So it's the third time that we reshot the video. Goes through that. You know, the video is not what we want it to be. It's boring. We come up with this other concept that's just like, you know, some Twitch stuff. We shoot that video. We send it off to our friend at a label. And he's just like, you guys can't put this out. <laughs> he's like this is fucked like you need to start fresh like don't come out with something that's like half cocked like i know it sucks that you've done it four times but you need to start completely fresh so we're like fuck <laughs> okay during that time too then you know dan's like at the same point he's like dude i'm fucking 30 we've spent we're probably 10 grand deep into this band and we haven't put out a single thing and he's just like fuck this man He's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Right. That one like hit a bit different. Like Dan and I were, yeah, man, like forever. And always, when like, I saw yeah. Tidebringer drop, I was like, okay, new fucking shark infested daughters just dropped. What's this? Is this a new shark infested daughters album? I was like, this was already an album. What is this? I'm instantly looking for ways to try and pick it apart because I was always jealous of you guys. Full fucking honesty, I was always jealous of you guys because I wanted my band to do what your band was fucking doing because we were playing shows together. Me and you had a back and forth. We were talking to each other about, like, how to do certain styles of vocals. I was like, that was a fucking sick fucking low, man. Like, how are you doing that? You're like, Nate, how are you fucking getting so low? Like, Dude, your guttural shit on mine. Like, we were pushing hard, right? Like, we were, we were bouncing off each other. And then my band was just like, Darcy's like, no, man. We're not doing this. We're not doing videos. If our music's good, then it'll speak for itself. It's like, but nobody's fucking listening to our fucking music because nobody knows we're playing music. And then I just started drinking and fucking partying. And I was like, fuck, give it, gave up on it. But like that fucking fight, man, that fight for it. That's what's going to fucking make it work in the end. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. Yeah. So like at this point, it's just like I've lost everything. Right. Like Dan and I wrote every song, 
you know, with Oliver, with, you know, people here and there, but like the core kind of foundation of like what Shark's vision was and like what everything happened. Like I built with that dude. He wrote our entire first EP with me and Oliver. Like he still very much was a part of that. And that sucked, right? Like that's not easy. And that was like the TSN turning point where I'm just like, also like, fuck this. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I've, I've tried. I just keep failing no matter what I do. Nothing's working out. I'm fucking turning 30. I'm just like, this sucks. Like it just took all the wind out of my sails and like throw COVID into the middle of this too, right? Where now all of a sudden the world is different. Yes, entirely like we fucking different. We, we don't know what to do, right? Because Sharks was a touring band. Like that's that was our bread and butter. And that's gone. And now half my friends are gone. And it's just like, you know, we have, we picked up new people who fucking shred, you know what I mean? But like that core like foundation is gone. Yeah, man, I'm and, fucking right there with you, dude. Yeah, and it just like, it sucks. Like it was really hard. And I remember like hanging up the phone with Dan when he was just like, fuck this, right? And I like just sat there and I'm like smoking a cigarette, just like shaking, I'm so fucking upset. And I fucking called Curtis. And I was just like, look, I need you. I'm like, I don't care how we make this work. I don't care what we have to do. I don't care if you're just the fucking studio guy. I'm like, I need you to come in and like save this project from dying because I believe a lot in it. And you were the first guy to get it started with us. And Kurt was just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> like, it was just like, I expected, you know, like some pushback or whatever like that. And Kurt was just like, you know what? Like sure. the line goes dead for a second. He's just like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly that. He's Hangs like, up yeah, on you. It. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Right. Because, and like to, to everyone else's credit, like a big like thing was once you had somebody like Kurt singing, there's, it's hard to not compare everyone else to it because you have like kind of this like God tier level singer who can hit all these different ranges. Right. But that's not everybody. Right. Everyone's voice is different. Just like we're talking about, like you can go lower than I can go. Right. That's just who you are as a, as a person. That's the way your body is made. Exactly. Yeah. Me. It's not right? a contest, you know, it yeah. Won't... People get to well, a certain point and you, you figure out that it's not a fucking contest. You don't want the guy who can do all of the shit that you think is going to sound good. Yeah. You know? But it's like, it's also like I had a very specific vision, right? Like this is what I wanted. And when I heard Kurt sing it, it just like clicked immediately. I was just like, this is it. Like I'm, this is what I've been looking for yes. forever. And now I have it. Right. And then it was gone. And then I call him back and he's like, fuck it. I'm in. And it was like kind of at that moment where I just thought about it. And I'm like, my biggest fear is being like an old head at a bar being like, I used to be in a touring band. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. That's not what I want to do. And yes. I got so close to doing things that would have actually made an impact. And I feel like partially I got robbed from it just because, you know, a band is a marriage with five, six other people that you don't fuck. Okay, well, so in your case, it's five or six other people because that's what you grew up with being in a band, okay? In my case, yeah. it's fucking three other dudes now because True. we, because if we need an extra fucking guitar player, then, like, it's too much to deal with, okay? And that's kind of, like, it's funny because we're at this, at this conversation now because we have, like, two drummers, right? Like, kind of <laughs> after, as we progress the story... Uh, we, I talked to Ryan Lorkey, who was the drummer of Secret and Whisper 
Shreddy Kruger, Starterfly, all that stuff. Um, George in the chat will attest to Ryan's accolades. And I was just like, yo, we should fucking, or he was like, man, we should do a project one day. And I was like, actually, like, Brandon can play guitar. Like, why don't you, why don't you drum for, for Tideburger? And he was just like, fucking let's go. So now we're like, cool, we're a six piece again. Like, just, yeah. just like that. But now we're doing that MySpace shit with the two fucking singers. Fucking right. So you guys got 11 fucking band members and you're not, you fucking call yourselves the new Slapnut, right? What? Yeah, it's fuck. It's a meme, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Whatever but makes I, shit sound good, and honestly, like, I'm, I'm. It makes me feel nostalgic seeing that, like, seeing you and the fucking the pictures, and knowing it's a new project, and there's Ollie fucking hanging in the back, and it's like, fuck, man. Like, I'm so fucking stoked. I really am. I'm fucking pumped to see where you guys take it because it's. It, and that it's the same thing with me. Like, I don't want to fucking end up being the guy who, who the has been that never was, you know what I mean? That's, that's a very eloquent way of putting it. And like, I was really, really close to that. I was really close to that. And like, I feel like if I would have tried to push the band thing right after world-class white trash ended, I feel like I would have fucking crashed and burned royally. I needed a whole change of mindset and perspective before I could really get back into band stuff. And Horrify was just a way of like, okay, I still need to flex some vocal muscles, but I don't want to fucking have to deal with the toxicity and all the garbage. And then Russ found Joel, and then Scott was like just waiting there and fucking didn't give us a chance to say no. And we're like, all right, Scott, let's do this. And then fucking... It's been just a fun, like, and it, for, for us, it's, it's the same thing for us, except for we're not going, we're going in the opposite direction. We still have a defined image. We still have a very solid direction with what we want to do. We still have a very fucking solid framework for how we make our music and why we make the music that we do. But we're not going in the super serious, like, direction of, like, we're trying to make new, cutting-edge, explosive music. We're trying to put on crazy fucking shows and, like, get crowds to go nuts because I personally feel that after the last couple years, people need to go to shows for experiences again. They need to go to shows for the event fucking capacity of it. Like, I went to this show. Everybody tore each other apart. I'm, I'm missing a fucking shoe. Like, my shirt is ripped to pieces, and I was only in there for 10 minutes. You know, like, that toothless guy fucking, he yelled right in my fucking face. I don't know if he was mad at me or not, but, like, <laughs> I got to go home now. And then you sleep, and the ear, ring it in your ears. All you remember is circle pits. You wake up with new bruises. Like, that's what I think is needed in the fucking scene right now. But with you and your music, that's what you think and you feel is what's needed too. And that's why you're working so hard on putting it out there. And that's why you're working so hard on getting your vision out there. Because if it was, if it was just for you, you wouldn't be working on fucking videos and pounding money into fucking good recordings and making sure that you, you release stuff with proper promotion and you're not just dropping content like, Oh, I don't know if you guys will like this or not, but here it is, you know, just fucking half-ass shit. You're taking it seriously. And we're taking it seriously too, just in a different direction. So I can entirely resonate with that, man. And, and 
the organic way to the organic way is the only way to do it, right? Like if it's not working out the way that you truly want it to work out and you have to force it in some way, then that's not the way it's supposed to fucking go, man. Yeah, there's like that age-old adage that everything happens for a reason. And it pisses me off, but fuck is it true sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things wouldn't happen if it didn't go the way it did, but I also had like like we recorded this EP five years ago that's sucks like that's an that's, eternity ago man that fuck it's brutal and like the you know that video that we shot five fucking times was our second single that is that's a thousand years ago in in music days now post-covid post-covid music industry days is six fucking weeks now man it's yeah, six but weeks. imagine like sitting on that you know what i mean like i've been sitting on this for ever Dude. And it's like to the point where I hear, I've heard it so many times and I'm like, is it even good? Like, or is, you know what I mean? Cause like that first, the first time you hear it, like, you know, when you come out of the studio, you're like, I'm the fucking, I'm the best. Like this shit is going to fucking rip. And then you listen to it on repeat, like 900 times. You're just like, I could have hit that better. Yeah. You I start could, to I pick it apart. You start to yeah. pick it apart. And, and then it's like, Oh fuck, here we go. And like, we wouldn't have been able to. We wouldn't. Russ, so Russ, we did our music video. We shot it all ourselves. Just whipped it together real quick. And Russ was like, all right, I, I got the final edits in. Check this out. And, like, it was just a, it's, it's an amalgamation of shots of all of us in the band just to fucking get something out there. You know, we're, tr we're throwing shit at the wall and seeing what will stick. And that's how we're fucking doing it. And he's like, check this out and tell me how it is. And I was like... Yeah, man, that's really good. I like that. He's like, I think we should post it. And I wanted to do a, a release, and I wanted to send it out for reviews and shit. I wanted to see about see how we could do with a couple of press releases based around the video. And he's like, so I already posted it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. At this point, we have six songs out. We that's one video. Let's we got to get more content out so we can figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work, so we can just keep rolling with this, right? But that's a nightmare, man. That's a nightmare, and I know it's going to fucking be a banger, buddy, because I've known you for a long time, and I've put out shit before, though. Well, I put yeah. out some stinking dookies before, dude. Well, yeah. What was that fucking? And I'm not talking shit about the music itself because I know. Everybody in the band, and I know they're all great fucking players. Uh, but what was that fucking glass house thing, man? Like, come on. Glass kingdom? Like, come on. I was like, bro, this is, like, you guys jump right onto the metalcore fucking, the metalcore fucking, like, trendy fucking shit. Because there's a band at that time called Glass Cloud, too. And I was like, well, come Which on. Wildly different than what we do. Oh, totally different. Totally fucking different. But from the outside looking in, I was just like, what? The? And once again, just seethingly fucking jealous because here my band is not releasing fuck all, not even thinking about it or talking about it. And here's somebody that I used to fucking play shows side by side with, just fucking dropping like killer fucking quality shit. And I'm like, fuck, how can I pick this apart? And the fucking week, the only way I could find was like, this metaphor is played out. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fuck this band. A metalcore band talking about water? Idiots. <laughs> Fucking. Oh. <laughs> but that's something that we ran into a lot. And I think that's what's like, that was 
kind of a splitting force to me in the scene. That's what the, it just hit different. You know what I mean? Like when, if like you and I ever had some kind of beef, like it's mostly just like I'm hurt to a degree. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? It's you been, know what I mean? Like, that's why I say it was jealousy bullshit shows together. You, you know? know what I mean? Like how can you like come back three years later and be like, yo, fuck that band. It's right. Like, that's why fuck? I say it was jealousy. It was fucking flat out jealousy, man. Because because of that exact reason. And the only way I knew how to express that shit was by being a fucking dickhead. By being a childish fucking dickhead. And, like, that's it. That's it, you know? And I look back on it now, and it's like, I can have a really good laugh at it. Because it's so far removed from who I am and how I do things now. Like, I have a whole show dedicated to promoting bands and fucking gassing bands up, you know? And, like, if I don't like something now, I don't acknowledge it. I just don't fucking, it's just not in my eyesight anymore because of all this, because of the stupid way I used to talk about shit that I was jealous about or that I, I, I appreciated, but didn't know how to fucking appreciate properly because of the fucking, the, the shit that I made up in my head about how people might treat me, you know, like the preconceived notions about how people might view you once you've already got a preconceived notion of who you are and like. I was fucked up back then too, man. Like I was definitely consuming my fair share of substances, you know, and I treated a lot of people like shit. I'm not afraid to admit that, but I've also feel like I've gone and I've apologized and I've made amends for the people to the people I've treated like shit, you know? And I still, I don't fucking try and shy away from it. If somebody says like, Hey man, you fucking, you were an asshole. It's like, you know what? I apologize for that straight up. Like I, I don't care. I don't get to choose how I make other people feel. So if other people... That's the hardest part about growing up, man. My daughter. It's my daughter. It's my daughter and my my partner. Like, Serenity puts me in check so hard. Because if if somebody was to treat Serenity the way that I used to treat people, I'd lose my fucking mind, you know? So I have to kind of clean my own backyard before I take a peek over the fence, so to speak. True, yeah. And me being me... Instead of like trying to clean myself up and run away from my past, I fully embraced it. I fully embraced it and I fucking pushed it forward. And now it's starting to become starting to become something that people can look to. And like anybody in my vicinity when I'm around, they know that it's a it's a good space. You know, they know they know they're not gonna get fucked with. They know it's not gonna be all judgy and fucking criticisms and fucking bullshit, you know? The and Nate Trash rebrand. It's it it Here really it truly was, man. It, it truly was. And so far it's been it's so far it's been really good, you know, and that's what you gotta do sometimes. You gotta really step back and decide and make a conscious choice. Like this is something I've been saying a lot to people lately, is you have to you have to choose your path in life and don't wait around for for something to react to and hope that that's gonna be your path because you reacted to something the right way because that's not going to fucking happen you're not going to get into the path of those situations unless you're already trying to fucking do your thing unless you're already trying to cultivate your own fucking your own communities and your own branding and your own fucking shit right so you got to step back and choose like is this what i want to do is this band what i want to do do i do i want to be an entertainer do i want to be a performer is this what i want to do for the rest of my life because we're we cracked that 30 and it's like, okay. It hit different. Yeah. It, it fucked me right up too, man. And it was like, okay. Cause now I do really have to decide. But it's such like, it's an arbitrary bullshit number that I don't know why everyone has that 
because it, it's funny. It's just like you just pick this like number because we were fucking 19 when we met. Yeah. And we're just like fucking, you know, like it's 11 years. Like I'm going to be the fuck. I'm going to be at this spot in five years and it's going to go and go. And it sucks like because well, was- you hit 30 and you're just like, what the fuck? Like if I knew what I knew now when I was fucking 19, like it would have been way different. Right. Like I would have spent more time actually working on the music piece rather than just like, let's play a show every weekend. Right. Like let's, yeah. If it was go on these bum fuck small tours, like if it was same here, man, same here. If it was done differently, I would have fucking, I would have backed off from Darcy a lot sooner because he had the total wrong mindset of for growth for being in a band. Like he, he didn't want to do the promo stuff. He didn't want to try and like, jump in with other bands and make buddies and fucking he was really had this old-fashioned idealism and and like our mentality together really fucking beat they beat against each other and like but that's the thing you know you 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 sit around for hours pondering what you could have done differently yeah when it comes to the situation it's, it's also like it's just it's different i guess this is one of those things and it's something like and i don't want to like this analogy kind of sucks, like, especially given circumstances, but I think playing in a band is like doing heroin. It is the dumbest fucking thing you can do with your life. It costs <laughs> the most fucking money. You don't get like anything back from it, but nothing beats that like 30 minutes that you're on stage. Like when you murder a show and you're just like, this is it. Like this, like the world just fucking feels right. Right. And then everything else is just chasing that fucking high. Right. Like I used to quit jobs when I got home from tour because I come home from tour, like having doing the thing I love to do the most, getting fucking all these new experiences, like getting really good at singing, getting, you know, making money off it. I'm just like this shreds. I go back to fucking cooking and, you know, somebody's like yelling at me about something. I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care if you want this fucking pasta without this and add that. Like, it's not something I give a fuck about. I'm a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, it's so, but it's difficult, right? Because it's, it's a means to a different end. And without one thing, like, you can't just bet it all on black, especially where we were, right? Like, it's tough for Canadian bands, like, especially for, for metalcore and that kind of stuff, right? Like, what thrives really well in Canada is like tech death. Death metal, you know what I mean? Punk rock is really good. There's a great scene for that here. Hardcore has an amazing scene. But, like, my band's in this fucking weird niche that's popular in, like, L.A., right? That's popular in, like, Europe. It's not something that, like, somebody from fucking Calgary it's, it's or popular on the, yeah, It's popular on the internet. Like, I fucking love this, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, you guys aren't playing Pantera? Eat a dick. And this is where the, the world's changed since COVID, too, right? Because now the internet, with Spotify and everything, you can fucking, if you know how to analyze your fucking, your numbers properly and fucking place your ads properly, you can set your whole fucking career up from your fucking studio or from your desk, like... Like I've been doing, you know, and before you couldn't do that. Everybody was like, fuck, I need to get CDs done. I need to get CDs done now. And now, now like CDs, I've asked people like, (laughs) I I asked people like, does, do anybody, does anybody want CDs? 
And, you know, I got a bunch of people that are like, yeah, we'll take some CDs. It'd be really cool to see the artwork and stuff. And it's like, okay, I might get a box of like 50 or 100 CDs printed just for the novelty of the merchandise, right? But we don't don't need to. We don't fucking need to. I fucking love hate with CDs is like we tested this. We live tested this. I did a tour with CDs. Yeah. I bought 300 of them, came home, you know, with like maybe half of them sold. They're fucking not, handouts. Not very good, right? You're just like, what the fuck? And you, the the markup that you make on that is like, you're in the red no matter what, right? Recordings cost a shitload. Whatever. So we're like, okay, cool. We sold 50% of CDs. Let's do a tour and not bring a single fucking CD, right? Go on that tour. Everyone's like, CDs, bro? You got CDs? You got CDs? You got CDs? When the tour before, I had to like fucking, yo, please take this. Like, if you buy a shirt, I'll just give you this. You can just have it. And they're like, well, oh, I got Spotify. I don't, I don't give a fuck about CDs. Like, exactly. You know, it's like you're selling somebody a fucking VHS. But the one time you don't have it, people are just like, bro, I only listen to CD, man. Like, it's, hey, man, it's you got any CDs, man? It's like, you, fucking... you got vinyl, bro? <laughs> it's like... I get that one. I get that one a lot. When are we getting Horrify vinyl? And it's like, we've played like six fucking shows in Calgary. Like, come on. Like we got two, we got two different designs of shirts. Okay, let's be fucking happy with that, you fucking animals. <laughs> it's, it's just brutal, man. It's crazy, but you know, to the points. I think it's just it's like the the landscape is so different now, and like learning how to do it again. And I think with a lot of it, like we're we're forced into this rubric that was something that was created in like the fucking eighties, which was tour to death. Never make any money until you get to this point. Oh, yeah. Everybody thought the record label was going to fucking, once you get a record label, you get a record label. You get bonuses, right? You don't don't give you a fucking bonus. They're going to give you a 360 deal. Be like, here's 10 grand to record a record, which is not enough. And we want, and and we want 50% of the sales for this, this amount of time. And like, this also includes you fucking putting in a piece of your anything after 10k you're paying for yourself and we still want 50% of the fucking sales yeah, on and, it's, and it's, we want 15% of your merch that's made around the touring that goes on with this fucking release as well. And it's it's dog shit in a lot of cases so I think like what we've learned from doing it that way is like I got a mortgage man. I got a mortgage and I got riffraff tattoos like that's fucking, I'm not doing this the way we used to do it. We used to just book tours, just go for it, whatever. Like it's a business now, right? Like I can sell a product that I know will be successful. Yes. in the market. And like, if, if that's what it's going to take, like if somebody wants to, to take advantage of that or like add it to a bill or something like there's certain things that have to happen right exactly. now, we're operating with like flyouts. Like I'm going to have to fly my singer from Los Angeles. Like, it's not just like, as, as easy as it was back in the day being like, I remember coming up to you at a show and you're like, oh, we're playing next weekend. And I was like, can I get on that bill? And you were like, fuck it. And we just played. Spoken right? do this. Seven yeah, band bill. Like eight <laughs> band bill or something in Red Deer. And we just did it, right? It was like off the cuff, whatever. No one was making money, right? Wait. But like, oh, I different. remember when we used to fucking split the money up after the show. <laughs> we're walking around with like an extra 10 or 15 bucks in our pocket. It's like, what the fuck was this? The last show world-class white trash I ever played, we split up the cash, and I fucking instantly bought drugs. Instantly. $60. I was like, yeah. 
See, I think that's like, that was what was different too. Like with sharks, we never made a dime. Like no one ever pocketed money. We reinvested we everything did, back. Into the that's band. when, so when, when world-class fucking Calder quits the band fund, uh, Darcy kept the band fund and it was like $1,600. I kept the video camera and all the rest of the merch was like fucking given away at the last shows and whatever. And the fucking accounts were all fucking canceled. Actually, no, they weren't. All the pages are still there, but because I deleted my old Facebook, I don't have any access to the old world class white trash page, but it's still there. Like the song, the music is still on the, on the fucking internet. So like, the dumb days, man. And you're right. It's not, you don't want to do it the same way. You fat puss. Look at this kidder. You don't want to do it the same way as you did before because was that any fucking fun? I think back on it and it was fucking stressful, man. And it was, wasn't comfortable. It was terrible. Like sleeping on people's floors till, while everybody parties till five in the morning and expecting to fucking go play another show the next day. Like fuck off. Dude, the amount of, like, linoleum floors I've slept on that are just, like, littered with fucking cat litter. No, man, that's terrible, Fox. terrible <laughs> shit, man. Like, yeah. I fucking hate that. I, the amount of times that I just didn't sleep just because I fucking couldn't, I was so fucking, like, overstimulated. There was no chance of going to fucking sleep while everybody's partying. So I just partied the fucking, partied right on with them. World-class white trash would have never lasted on a fucking tour. Like never in a fucking thousand years. And we were, we played in, we, we played in time, you know, we fucking, we showed up to shows. We could play a fucking 45 minute set. We put on a good show, but like there was no chance of anything bigger than just playing fucking local shows for us. Yeah. And I think that a couple of the guys that were in the band before, I don't think they believed that. I think they believe that if we just would have done this or if we just would have done this. We would have been okay, but with a name like World Class White Trash, you're going to fucking lose nonstop. And I knew that when we tried to release the last EP. That's why I, that's why I shortened it down to WCWT, because I knew we were going to get fucking dinged for that soon. And we just, the band dissolved. So, like, you know, the trash took itself out. Huh? huh? Oh, fuck off. Huh? Roll them. Right? Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. Yeah, but it's, it's different. And it's weird now, too. Like, we're old, man. And it's like, I think, like, somebody hit me up on Instagram the other day and was like, hey, uh, when's your Calgary show? I was like, it's this day. They're like, cool. I, uh, you were the first local band I ever saw. I was 14. I was like, what? <laughs> like, the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? But, like, I think, and, like, Shay, I see you, dog. But, like, I think it's, like, your role now, especially being as involved in the scene was, is, like, we would have never gotten to where we did unless we had those certain people that believed in us, right? You and Nick were one of the first people. Nick right? Reed, baby. Nick Reed's got like Love 14 kids now. To death. He's got a house right? in Didsbury. He's living it up. I'm actually going to go see him next weekend. Yeah, right? But like, you know, Nick put us on shows. We met you. You put us on shows. And it was like all this like. I got a poster forth. over on my wall. And it's the one that Nick drew. And it's world-class white trash, shark-infested daughters, and sledgehammer death face. And it's the one with the, with the legs and the shark coming out of the vagina. Yeah. Or it's just but a shark was, face with legs on it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's being old now. Like it's the, the onus is on you and I, I guess us to like pay kind of that shit forward. Like. Alan from Broken City put us on with Three Inches of Blood. 
No one gave a fuck. We were like a pretty bad band when we started. Shout we out to like, Alan from Broken City. He fucking, yeah, like, we played there last Thursday and they treated us like fucking gold. And I'd never yeah. played Broken City before. And he's incredible, right? But like he saw something and was just like, fuck, I'll give you a shot, right? Awesome. You know, then we, you know, got better and shit. And then fucking Che, bless his soul, was like, hey, Trivium's coming to town. You guys would shred on that. Do you want me to hook it up? And I was like, what's up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would you do that for me, right? Instead of like doing this whole crab in the bucket mentality that I think like specifically Calgary really suffers from, right? Like we even talked about it. You're like, oh, I was mad at you guys because you were doing things that I wasn't doing. So like you were talking shit, right? But like those like kind of key players, you know what I mean? Like helps get us to like a point that was awesome. Yes. And then we'd bring bands on tour that we were just like, oh, cool. You know, like our friend's band just started. Let's pull them on a Western Canada tour, sell out Kelowna and all that kind of shit. And just like bring that shit on. And I think that's what's instrumental about what you're doing now. And as part of like your rebrand, right. Is like, you got to be the one to fucking bring it through. God, and you I also, I mean? a big part of that is admitting, is admitting to the fucking shitty ways that I used to act and fucking taking full fucking responsibility for it and letting people know, like, that will only fuck you over. Like, I'm a prime example of it, so don't don't let it fuck you over, you know? Because, and I'm getting it now, too. There's some, there's a band in, there's a band from BC, and I'm not about to fucking mention them. Nobody can ask, ask me about it because they're not going to get anything out of me of it. But their attitudes are really starting to fucking hurt them. Because they're they're young guys and they think they're the fucking coolest band on the fucking block. And they got the attitude of like, we don't even have to fucking tell people we're playing shows. They'll just show up because we're awesome. We can be thrown on a bill last minute and they know they'll pack the place, you know. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I said those fucking same words to someone back in the world class white trash days. And it fucking made me like... Kind of like throw up in my mouth a little bit. PTSD. And just like, I was like, I was like, oh, I was laughing, but I was like crying a little bit at the same time. And it's like, fuck, you guys are only fucking hurting yourselves. And then, like you said, part of the rebrand was like, I got to, I got to take charge of this. And I got to, I'm the most fucking vocal member of the community right now. And it's because I fucking worked to, to get to that point. And it's to try and let people know like, hey, we can make this work, but we got to fucking do it together. Like, we can't fucking piss and moan about what we aren't doing and what other people are doing. We have to focus on what we can do now and what we're able to do, and then we have to fucking do it. You know, like I say, don't, don't live waiting to react to something. Make a plan. Put your fucking horse blinders on and focus on that, you know? And change the way that you look at shit, too. Change the way that you fucking look at, at, at your life. Instead of looking at shit to complain about, looking for different things to make problems out of, looking for different reasons as to why you, why you shouldn't continue on doing something because it's hard, you need to flip that around and fucking start looking for reasons why shit's good and looking for reasons. Like, when I heard from Lee that you wanted to do this, I was instantly like, perfect. Another fucking opportunity to get something out of the fucking way and clear some fucking air because it's not something that I want to think about like somebody who I used to be friends with I might run into now and it might be awkward. Like, fuck that. I'm done with that fucking awkward shit. I got no time for that, you know? I'm out here to fucking... I'm out here to get some positivity going, to make friends, to fucking build 
it connections to fucking get a community going again like it was back in fucking 2012 man 2011 when the world ended right 2011 2012 back before you know back before michael byron gray got outed as like a giant <laughs> piece of shit you know fuck that guy dude. like dude we we fucking sent uh oliver was gonna roll him like he he uh, ditched money on us he promised to pay us and then he bailed and he went to a different show and i sent like oliver and boodle over <laughs> and Oliver pressed him, dude. He's like, "Give me the fucking dough." Son. <laughs> Oliver's got real. big fucking wrenches in his garage, man. Like, he's he's a farm boy strength, man. He he's fucking Lee and Lee. Let's not forget Lee putting this all together because it was. I was really. I asked him too. I was like, "Did you? Did you?" Did did you ask Chris about this? Like, is is Chris cool with this? Like, is is are they cool with this? Because I'm down to do it if they're down to do it. <laughs> dude, I want to ask him, but uh, does he like me? Because like, um, I like him if he likes me. Did you tell him? Did you tell him? Did you tell him trash talk with Nate Trash is like this Nate Trash, and not like uh, not like a different Nate Trash? Because I think Chris knows who Nate Trash is, but. I don't know if I know who Nate Trash is anymore. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> fucking rights, man. No, you're a fucking champ, buddy. I'm very stoked to see the new stuff because you do work really fucking hard for your stuff. And you've never... And I've seen you get fucking dragged through the mud and not even fucking... Fl not even fucking flinch, man. I watched people fucking say terrible fucking shit about you and you've just rolled with it because you knew. You were aware. You're aware of what you looked like. You're aware of the music you fucking played, you know? Like, in the same breath, though, making fun of other bands that are fucking doing other shit too, right? We all had these fucking self-conscious fucking little uh, immature fucking attitudes towards stuff, you know? Like, oh, what's going on with... Who's Furry Fox Jet Pilot? I have a feeling like you know this guy. I do know this man. He is uh, a Western Kelowna hardcore stenographer. Sure. He lives in the United States and can probably tell you every band that's ever existed in Western Canada. Bro, are. I like this dude already. Respect, Furry Fox Jet Pilot. He's a beautiful <clears throat> man. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for jumping in. I really appreciate you being here, buddy. Respect. Fucking huge respect. Not sure if you can say anything about it, but any chance of Tidebringer playing with Secret and Whisper? I they're not doing shows, man. Like, they're just jamming and having fun. They're fucking boomed out hookers, too. Bro, they're practically the Devin Townsend project, okay? Like, if they did a show and it was, like, it wouldn't be, you know, like, if they're going to do anything, it'll be big. It's not going to be something that they're just going to throw to, like, Tidebringer. Yeah, it'd be a big one-off with, like, fucking... They, they toured with Saleson before Saleson was huge. Oh, there you go. Like, they're then they're, they're going to be popping off with the homies, like... Yeah. They used to do tours of Under Oath, man. You think they're calling my ass? Like but you never know. You never know. Look at what Misery Signals did, right? And, like, Jesse Zaraska's fucking 43rd birthday was today. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we'd rip, like, a Kelowna joint with the with the Saw Boys, but yeah. there's zero chance we're doing some fucking crazy tour. I don't even think they want a tour. Touring is a fucking fickle mistress these days, man. Like, you, you don't have to. You don't have to tour if you don't need to like no it, but you also got to change the game like the one thing that i learned is like you can do it's like what we're, we're talking about with billy talent you can tour canada to death yeah you can do what sharks did tour canada to death you're gonna plateau 
Yeah. Right. If you want to do anything, you have to go to the States. You do. Yo, Beer Jesus, don't forget to hit follow. Don't forget to hit fucking subscribe. We're streaming every Monday and Thursday. But you're right. You, Canada is a fucking hole. It's a hole. It's brutal, man. It And it's not because... It's not because there isn't good stuff here. It's because of the distance between everything. Like, there's a book I'm reading and they talk... this. Guy Jesse Cannon talks about population density and how if you tour in the right place, a good population density place, like let's say corner of New York, New Jersey, that fucking area, you can hit. Thanks for the fucking follows. I really appreciate this, guys. You guys are killing it tonight. Fucking A. But if you go to the right spot, he said there's there is five bars within a 10-mile radius that don't have overlapping crowds, and they're packed for every fucking, every heavy or hardcore show that gets booked. You could play every night in L.A., and you'd never have the same person come to each show. Exactly, right? That's the fucking thing. You get to the right place, and you can do it, but if you're not in the right place, there's still the tools to get out there that can create the demand to it get you It just costs a shitload of money. <laughs> and if it's not a shitload of money, it's a shitload of fucking time, and it's a shitload yeah. of, like learning new skills and developing new fucking new ways to take on these fucking challenges. Because like, if you're not paying for a guy to do it, then you have to learn how to do it yourself. And that takes a fucking while. It takes a while to learn. Thank you, Che. Thanks for jumping in. You sweet, sweet fucking boy. You have a good night. Cheers, buddy. Smoke a fat one for me. I appreciate it. But you gotta, you gotta work hard. It's, there's so much hard work to be done. Like, when I was talking to Baina, he said, you know, you could you could release the stuff, but you still gotta you still gotta drive the momentum too. You still gotta be on top of that. Like it could it's stuff gets swept under the rug so quickly, you know? And Carcosa is a is a big band, but they're not fucking planning on going on big tours right now. They're gonna be fucking Angel Makers hitting the road with with Lorna Shore Everyone. here soon. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm good pals with those two. Exactly. So fucking Carcosa doing the same thing you guys are doing. Putting the work into the content, putting the work into the merch releases so that you can create the demand and it's not going to be a fucking huge risk to spend all this money on something to go and play to five fucking people in fucking Lacombe, Alberta. You know what the best part about Carcosa too is we did the last tour Sharks did was with Galactic Pegasus. Right. And right. we told them that we were rebranding and they were like, fuck, that's what we want to do. But we're like, you know, we don't want to give up all these numbers that we have. But they're like, we fucking hate this name. Like we want to do something different. They fucking rebranded, released, and put out like a fucking record before Tidebringer when we had already started. Like we had already recorded new songs. We'd already gotten album artwork. Like, we were about to launch Tidebringer, like, immediately after that that tour. Oh, Baina! <laughs> it's like a fucking cartoon, you know? Like you Simpsons fucking... did it, man. He fucking, he got Baina! me good. He's such a fucking gem. All those guys are awesome. That's another thing I'm starting to realize going further up the line, talking to more, more professional, more relevant musicians that are actually, like, doing work and that are, like, that could, that are like helping me out, you know, like there's no, like, I don't have a huge fucking following. I'm definitely not making money off of the content that I release, 
I'm like I, I sell merch and stuff, you know, but I'm I know moving further up the line that the more professional and the more like bands that the more the 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 artist or the entertainer works with more people, the nicer they are, the more level headed they are, the less they are to try and criticize or break down other people in order to make themselves look fucking good. But that shit also follows you, right? Like, if you're a dick, like, you were just talking about that band, right? Like, if you're a dick, that gets around, right? Who's going to give you a shot if you're a fucking asshole? Yep. Right? That's the the only way I was able to get back on the horse was by admitting to all of it. And that's (laughs) what I mean, though, right? Like, it's just... And that's what's funny, too, is you mentioned, like, you know, the, the whole scene here is just, like, fuck those guys, you know what I mean? Like, they're a piece of shit. We used to hear all kinds of shit, right? Like, people would fucking be like, oh, they all, like, gangbang Erica. They're fucking losers and shit like that. We're just like, whatever. But, you know what I mean? Like, we're selling out shows. Exactly. Like, oh, what the fuck? Like, if you guys, like, it's, like, literally nothing you're doing has any effect. Exactly. That's exactly the big fucking thing about it is, like, if you, the minute minute you go and try and tear down other people to try and build yourself up it's gonna it's a house of cards you're stacking up a house of cards it's gonna fucking fall at the fucking simplest little fucking shake and then you're gonna be left with your fucking dick in your hands looking like a fucking dick handed dick hander (laughs) (laughs) eloquently put right so like it's so it's, people's egos are so fragile and I don't know if people will notice, but like when you're in artistic endeavors, a lot of artistic people are pretty fucking fragile individuals, you know? Well, it's like, it's showing somebody your dick, man. Like when you put a record out, like it's literally like showing somebody your dick and like, you want somebody to be like, I, this is fucking re- nice dick, dick bro. bro. Like, that's like, a nice thing. You don't want somebody to be like, what the fuck is that? Like, you got it looks a like nice a penis, but smaller. Dick, <laughs> bro. And no. it's, it's different. And that shit hurts, right? It's because, and again, like to, to keep on this metaphor of dicks, it's a dick measuring contest, right? If you put a record out and I put a record out at the same time. This is why horrify is different though. Because we... We're a part of the dick measuring contest in the other direction, okay? Whereas, like, people want to see, they want to be like, okay, I want to see this record do better than this this other record, you know? We don't really care about that. We just know that if we release music and we keep doing it the way we want to do it, then we will find, we'll find our crowd. We'll find our crowd. And yeah. as long as our shows keep getting fucking crazier, then we're doing what we want to do, you know? Yeah. We're also family guys. Like, Russ has got a baby on the way. Joel's got 37, 41 kids. And, like, he, he's an office guy, you know? Like, see, we're not, we're not about, like, we're not trying to fucking get signed to a label and tour for the rest of our lives. Like, we're just trying to have a good fucking time. And, like, I'm playing talk show. And, like, hoping to learn how to get into the industry as a career, you know? On back-end stuff. Like, I don't want to... I got probably 10 years if I, if I go on tour and like do something miraculous and professional as an entertainer next by next year or the year after, then I think I got 10 good years on the road at maybe 200 days a year, optimal fucking performance. But, but that's, that's even pushing it too. You know, like I'm a construction worker. Anything could happen that could totally throw that fucking timeline way off. I break my fucking leg at work tomorrow. 
You know, that's the yeah. way it goes. But I'm still going to try. I'm still going to see what happens. I'm still going to fucking go for it because it's what I love to fucking do. And nobody's going to stop me from doing it's the that. heroin, man. Nobody's going to stop me. You can't quit. <laughs> I took the time. I took the time and looked inward and decided, like, this is what I'm going to fucking do. Nate Trash, the fucking entertainer. And if that doesn't fucking work, well, then fine. At least I get to know that I tried and I didn't stop until I fucking had to. And right yeah. now, I don't see that anywhere in sight. I got the full support of my family and everybody around me. And, like, it's starting to turn into something positive instead of something toxic and negative, you know? And that's what I see with Tidebringer. I see Tidebringer bringing a lot of stuff to fruition that wasn't able to be brought to fruition before, whether it be because of the people you were working with or whether it be because of, uh, of certain mindsets that were holding you back. This is definitely a new change in a positive direction, and it's going to work out. Not because you guys are on to something that, you know, is because you, you don't know that until it's out there. It's going to work out because you're not going to fucking stop until it works. Truth. Huge fucking respect for that, man. Like I said, I've known you for a long time. And obviously, obviously nothing's fucking changed with what you're doing, you know, like. Same's kind of the same as in my court, but I had to change a lot around to be able to come back to where I was before. And I'm definitely not fucking getting rid of that anytime soon. Like I'm fucking going full blast with it now. And I, I'm going to, I want to do it for the rest of my life. You know, I don't want to retire. I don't want to fucking retire. And then what? Then I'm going to be bored (laughs) and broke. Like I want to fucking, I have this, I have this fucking picture in my head of like sitting in a fucking office at like a fucking record label recording agency and just dying at my desk. (laughs) Just fucking old and fat and fucking listening to fucking shitty bands, going to shows, trying to fucking find cool bands that I think deserve a leg up. You know, it's getting fucked over at every turn and just dying at my desk one day. <laughs> Doing what I love to do, man. So, so what is the future hold for Tidebringer? Well, we're playing shows. Yes, which what's the dates for those shows and where are you playing them? And these are the this is the plug. Who are you playing? Yeah, this is plug time. Who are you playing them with? We're going to Vancouver on the twenty seventh, playing with a band called Of Artistry and a couple other local bands that are pretty cute. And then we're ripping to, we're gonna do a rock for dollars, just cause it's gonna be the uh, Broken City is changing ownership. So it's kind of the last. Nobody day. knows that yet. That they hasn't been it, announced dude. yet. Everyone knows it. Shh. Uh, that'll be like the last day. See Alan and everything. So we wanted to be a part of that. So we're going to do a surprise set at Rock for Dollars. Uh, which, yeah, we'll have like 50 fucking bands. So I'll be there for that. In Edmonton with Sionis and Skull Splitter and Withered Days, those boys. The moment Lee has been waiting for. Lee, Lee. Sat through this whole chat of us just fucking talking shit about stuff that happened 10 years ago. Lee fucking Stanhope, the guy who brought this interview together. Because honestly, I, full fucking disclosure, I was going to reach out to Tidebringer like after you guys drop some stuff and like show up to a show and be like, hey man, how's it going? Because I was like... (laughs) Fuck, I f- every time I look, I was like, fuck, I feel like such a fucking asshole. And I messaged Nathaniel, too. 
And I was like, dude, I'm going to interview Tidebringer and I'm going to interview Chris. And I'm actually really stoked about it. And he's like, fuck it. That's awesome, man. Like, I can't believe I'm reading these words right now. That's fucking rad. Because I was always fucking worried that like we, me and you had this fucking invisible, never acknowledged fucking beef. And like me and Nathaniel have been close the whole time. And Nathaniel's never had anything bad to fucking say about you. He's always been fucking stoked on everything you've done. Nathaniel's one of those guys that has had that mentality of if I don't like you, I'm just not going to acknowledge you. You know what I mean? It's kind of where I adapted that. The water is different in Medicine Hat, dude. And fucking Medicine Hat. All I can say, man, uh, Medicine Hat was one of those places where, like, every band you met from there was just like, oh, what's up? No one was like, "Mm, actually, we're blackened shoegaze death. (laughs) Right. 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 It's different, but. Um, What? You four-sided long sleeve are are you wearing this week? (laughs) But, yeah, we're doing that, and then we're doing the next day, the 5th or the 4th, the 4th, in uh, Calgary at Neverland Boutique. I've never heard of this joint. It's a new spot. It's a new spot. There's been a couple of pretty solid shows there. Crown of Madness came down and played there. Yeah, it's, like, all ages, like, 100 cap. So it's going to be, like, the old tubby dog days where kids would just be front-flipping off monitors. Bro, you got to get into the fucking rabid, the ha- half rabid house basement for the shows. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's these some are spice like, house. These, these will be the only Canadian dates we're playing. That's okay. actually, there's a question in there from our stenographer. U.S. shows yeah. this year or next year? I, we don't have anything like announced, but effectively, like we're going to focus on L.A. And we're going to Because you got the hook the up there. So fucking go yeah. do it. So we're going to like, we're doing these, like we didn't even like full context like we weren't going to play any canadian shows like when we rolled this band out we were like look we're not going to do local shows and that's not like we're too good to play local shows but we're just like we did that for 10 years and it didn't get us what we needed try something else so we're just gonna we're gonna focus our efforts somewhere else right build that demand <laughs> but lee to his credit hit us up on a probably every <laughs> social network possible I love Lee. And you'd always hit me up while I'm fucking working and be like, oh, do you guys want to play a show? And I'd be thinking about how to say no, and I would start doing something else and forget about it. And then, you know, he'd hit us up on Instagram and be like, yeah, you want to you you play the show? And I'd be like, uh, I got to tell this guy no, and I'd start doing something else. And right. it just got to the point where we're just like, man, fuck, like, I kind of want to play a show. Like, why don't we just say fuck it and just like, let's just rip a couple sets for the boys and just like, you know, shake the dust off a little bit and see what see what happens. Like, there's, you know, a very real possibility we can come out and play shows and people are like, yeah, this kind of sucks. And we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I mean? But but I will also be, uh, I'll come to the Rockin' for Dollars and, and fucking hopefully get some footage of you guys so that you can use it for some fucking shit. So there's some Perfect. live stuff for you guys for your socials. Because I do have, like I have fucking got like external microphones and shit so it's not just fucking basic cell phone fucking we got like we have a full fucking twitch stream rig good are you but are you bringing like yeah you do okay sick well then fuck i'm not i won't even bother man fucking give her two step on dude fucking Fucking come out of mosh retirement so the thing with the thing about that though is when did wednesday's a school night yeah, dude, <laughs> my bed is nine. I go to bed at nine, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's exactly right. Until like 1130 and I'm going to be like, all right, man, 
deuces. Like, I'm old. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, fucking rights. Fucking rights, man. But no, I will be there. I will be there to fucking see you, man, because I'm very fucking stoked to see you back in action, buddy. It's been a long time fucking coming. And see I'll, if I can do it, man. How does it feel fucking playing shows at 30, dude? It's, oh, it hurts. It physically hurts. I can't, I can't get wasted and do it anymore. It wouldn't be possible. If, like, if I have more than the two shots of tequila I have, like, when I get to the bar to just, like, shake off the cobwebs, yeah. I forget the lyrics because I actually learned the fucking words now and, like, I practice the words and now I realize it's hard to breathe and, like, I it's, it's scary now. Like, I actually get nervous about my performances and shit. It's not like, oh, fuck, I can go out there, get loaded, yell really loud because I'm fucking good at yelling and shit, so... You know, I'm fucking good at being a vocalist, so I don't have to fucking practice anything else. And now I do. Now I actually have to practice. And I fucking, I think about how people are going to respond to this. And I, I want us to hit shit in the right way, you know. And I want to be able to jump up in the fucking air and hit the ground at the right fucking time. And I think about that shit, you know. And I'm still, I still got the fucking, I still got wacky pants that I wear on stage, but they're not fucking leopard print anymore. They're big fucking Dickies cargo pants and shit. You bring them shits back, man. They were a vibe. The dark, the, so the, the Dickies cargos and the fucking combat boots on stage now. That fucking, I, I, uh, and the windbreakers, bro. I love the windbreakers. I got a mud vein windbreaker that just drives me fucking wild. <laughs> I used to do tours in a Justin Bieber shirt. Yeah, baby. I want to get I one of them. Love that shit. I want to get one of them corduroy fucking Bieber fucking fanny packs, man. They look dope as shit. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> Word. Like fuck, man. But Lee, Lee's a Lee's a beautiful guy. We're gonna we're gonna talk about fucking Lee here for a second because this guy, this guy, I met him online. Through my buddies in Luminosity, which is a new gent band that writes really With good. Charles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got really oh, good yeah. shit, but they all work out of town and they all work different schedules and stuff. So it's very hard for them to fucking coordinate and do like consistent shows and do consistent recording. But they are fucking rock solid. But I met Sionis through them because I was helping fucking luminosity figure some stuff out get on track get some shows and all this shit you know like i usually do these days and lee got really stoked about my new band horrified because i don't know lee's not very bright i guess and he likes me <laughs> mediocre music <laughs> i'm just kidding buddy i love you i do lee lee and his girlfriend came out from edmonton to see us open for cradle of filth and uh I was very stoked about that because like there was a couple of people that drove out from Edmonton to see us open and they all bought fucking merch and shit. And it was really fucking cool. And I, Lee, I really appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. That doesn't go unnoticed, man. That really does not fucking go unnoticed. And we'll get you guys booked in for a fucking interview here soon too, but good people, man. It's all about good people and acknowledging your fucking faults so that you can also become a good person, you know? And now I fucking lean right into that. Fucking lean right into it. But so your buddy says that he's going to buy all you guys beers or pops if you go play shows for him. Uh, it'll it'll happen, man. It'll happen. I just got to get a fucking passport, but them offices is backed up, son. <laughs> Dude, oh, I'm working 
working in the the northeast right now by Marlboro Station, and they have a center for newcomers there where they're doing passport stuff. And at the same time, every day, the fucking lineup goes right through the fucking parking lot. And it's like, I was supposed to go to Mexico to get my teeth fixed. My buddy's a fucking cosmetic dentist there. And he's like, yeah, buddy, if you can get down here, I'll fix your teeth for free. But I was like, I'm not going through the hassle of all of this to go down there and or to not maybe maybe not even be able to go down there because fucking passport ridiculousness like yeah it's brutal fuck that but the plan is there you know i'm gonna get a passport next year probably like around the spring we'll go to the states see what happens fucking rights man fucking rights well at some point we do have to wrap this up so i I'm going to give you a chance. Is there anything that you think we should have fucking touched on? Or is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we fucking wrap this up, buddy? I feel like this was just like two dudes being like, oh, remember that one time, dude? That's kind of exactly how this was supposed to be, though. Because this was, in a way, also your reintroduction into doing stuff, too. Because you've been fucking getting shit together yourself. So that you oh, could perhaps uh, I don't live in BC. Yeah. And, and okay. So yeah, my mistake, <laughs> my mistake, huge correction here. You guys Tidebringer is only like only a few of them are for BC. I thought, I thought this guy moved to fucking BC. I thought Tidebringer was like a Vancouver band for sure. Um, then, I, then, then I saw, this is another thing, too. Today, I saw a fucking picture of Oliver doing a car show at New Horizons Mall. And I was like, hmm. Is, are they from fucking BC? <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's tag it all up and see what happens. And now we're just going to roll with it. So, so now... now you have to sell your house and move to BC. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, I mean, like, you put it on... On wax, dude. <laughs> no, it is it. whack. No, I am whack. It's not on wax. I am whack. Okay? Fair. Whack talk with Nate Whack. <laughs> There's the rebrand, man. When is the next song dropping? I have no idea. What do you mean you it's have like, no idea? Oh, yeah, I guess you guys got shows to do first. You guys got to... And you guys have been dropping fucking merch, too. Yeah, we're probably going to cut, like, some footy from the shows and then drop another track because we got one... Featuring the boy Jordan Chase. So we wanna we wanna get out there. It's insane. And then we got like two or three other songs and the EP is done. And then we gotta start writing new shit. So we're just like, What do you mean you have to start? You've been sitting on that shit for five years and you've just you We got we got shit in the back. Okay, okay. You know, we gotta plan the next move. Like what are we gonna do with it? Yeah, you don't wanna fucking just waste waste fucking shit. You can't anymore. You can't. Because then you yeah. start to get noticed for wasting shit. And then nobody wants to fucking see what you're doing. It's true, man. You got to play it proper. You got to fucking plan shit out. You got to release shit. You got you to gotta release stuff and see what works. And then you have to, like, take that into consideration for your next planning and your next set of releases. And you got to fucking work it or else you're going to be left behind so fucking quickly that it will be like you weren't even there to begin with. Yeah. If you're not trying to leave a lasting impression, you're not going to leave any impression at all. Very true. You got any shout-outs you want to throw out there, sweet boy? See, we, we shouted everyone out in the chat, man. It was good. We definitely did. We definitely did. Well, 
I thank you guys so much for joining me. I thank you so much for joining me as well, Chris. Everybody in the chat, you've been fantastic. We are back Monday with Brody Bauer from Fall of Earth. This is an this is a promising up and coming band. Um I actually know some news about this band because somebody who picked them up for some cool stuff messaged me, uh, just friended me out of nowhere and was like, yeah, I've known you for a bit. We met a couple of times. And he, shout out to Paul. I'm not trying to say nothing, but yeah. They got some cool stuff on the horizon. And Fall of Earth is a bunch of young, young kids and they're fucking killing it. And I really hope they continue to kill it. So their guitar player, Brody, is going to be on on Monday. And then next Thursday, we got Jess from Juliet Ruin. And then August 29th, we got Tim from Tortured Saint. Tim Reaper from Tortured Saint in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. You accidentally wrote another new song for the EP last month. Yeah, <laughs> that's good though. You got to keep writing shit, but don't don't put it. Don't just try and keep stacking shit onto the EP. Like, dude, it's it just it's singles, we baby. We singles. Were writing, we were writing for EP two, and we finished the song, and we're just like, this would go so well into the sickening. Nah, fair enough. Fair enough. And we just like we put the beat to it, and we're just like, shit, it's a bop. <laughs> Fucking rights, man. Fucking rights. I like that a lot. We're going to have to do a part two of this, just so you know. Oh, shit. Here, you can end this on a fucking secret release note. Oh, exclusive drops, exclusive drops. Yeah. This is the only time anyone's ever going to hear it. But I'll, I'll give you this. This is just for fucking Nathaniel, if you're palette. still in the chat, clip this. Don't you ever clip this. Fucking murder. We won't dude. release it. We won't release it. But I want to clip it, and then when I cut it out of the video, when I upload it to YouTube, I'll still have it for my own special spank bank. There you go. Well, I just sent you the link, so you've already got it. There we go. Okay, perfect. And no, none of this is getting released. None of this is getting fucking played on the air. Me and Nathaniel will have a listen in private. You can, you can blast it, play your fucking little outro, you know, fade fade to that beautiful picture and just play this two-minute banger and let's get out of here. Bro. So... We're going to go back to the start with it because my end screen is just a fucking black screen. Look at this guy. Ooh, rough mix with two Fs, baby. 69, let's go. So thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been uh, this has been sweet boy Chris, hero Yugi, the fucking heart of the cards himself. Let's check this out. Whoa! If you guys are digging this tune, drop some bits in the chat. Cheer with some bits, baby. 
I guess that's a Twitch thing, bro. This is the moment where the fucking smoke comes down. Spotlight. Those callouts are fucking are something I'm trying to bring back too, man. Buddy. Bro, that was fucking heat. That was fucking heat. You guys heard it here first. Fucking right. Accidental. That was too fucking good. Don't worry, I'm gonna make sure that that gets cut out and shit so that it's not just bopping. Not like anybody's really gonna fucking care about it. But we got to get the interview. We got to get the interview. The actual Trash on the Streets interview with the band. So hopefully we can fucking knock one of those out. You've been awesome, buddy. It's great to fucking catch up with you, man. We got to do this again for sure. You too, my brother. Thank you. see you on the other side. You definitely will. You definitely will. Thank you, everybody, for joining us from Trash, Trash Talk with Nate Trash. From that sweet boy, Chris, and Tidebringer. You guys have been great. So, there's lots of shows this weekend. Get out to the shows this weekend. Wild Rose Hardcore Festival is happening this weekend in fucking Edmonton and Calgary. Also, Friday night at Border Crossing, Rising Sun and Hollow Point. Go to that show. It's going to be a fucking banger. So, cheers, everybody. Have a great night. We'll talk to you later.